Welcome to Res Talk, your source for the latest news, opinions, and training from top building performance, rating, and auditing experts. Here's your host, committed building science enthusiast and registered professional engineer, Bill Spohn. Welcome back to another episode of the Res Talk podcast. In today's episode, I'll be speaking with Steve Baden, the executive director for ResNet, to discuss how ResNet is working to enhance the consistency of the HERS rating software results. Now, ResNet acknowledges that the rating scores have varied depending upon the software used, and this impacts the quality and impact a rating can have for all the parties. And additionally, ResNet understands that this core topic can generate a lot of frustration amongst raters and other users. Steve will detail out the continuous improvement activities that have taken place and those that are planned, including recruiting an energy modeling director to referee this collaborative competition that's going on among software vendors in the industry. Steve notes that while this seems like a never-ending story, the process of continued improvement for marketplace-driven solutions has to continue for at least a couple more years before a single software engine could even be considered to be instituted by the ResNet board, because that has certain ramifications, which he discusses. He'll go over some reference publications, and as always, we look forward to you subscribing to this podcast through whatever method that you're listening to it now, and giving us some feedback, giving ResNet some feedback at info at resnet.us. This is your host, Bill Spohn. Let's take a listen to what Steve Baden has to say about enhancing the consistency of HERS rating software results. Steve, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Appreciate being the opportunity to talk with you today. Same here. Thank you. We've touched on this subject before, but I think we're going to dive a little bit more deeply into it. We've talked about how quality is so critical, and this has come about in some of the other podcasts we've spoken about with other members of your team, and especially with the software. What's been happening with the software over time that you've been using the rating software? How's it been set up and what's the results? So basically, ResNet has the philosophy of a free marketplace. So instead of us choosing a winner, we allow the marketplace to develop tools, but we set up the standards and a set of tests that they have to pass. The advantage of that is it allows competition, readers have a choice to choose from, and it also encourages innovation. The disadvantage is because you'd have different tools, you were finding out you have different scores. So in order to, to keep the confidence of the stakeholders, builders, appraisers, code officials, we realized that we had to get these score calculations more consistent. So over the period of the last five years, we've taken a number of steps to increase that consistency. If you will, I could give you kind of the summary of what we've done to date. Sure. How did this come up? How did the inconsistencies come about? Where was this mentioned? Was it an internal thing, external thing, stakeholders? Where did it come from? It came from a number of sources. One, raters who begin using a number of software programs and finding out that you take the same house and use a different software, you get different scores. We also heard from builders who had raters that used different softwares, looked at the same plan of the house, and came up with different scores. And then code officials who noticed that where jurisdictions adopted a HERS index score, and noticed that raters with different software programs came up with different scores. So we heard those concerns and we started doing internal investigations and we found that that was the case. Okay, so it's been probably over the course of a number of years, like three or four years, this has come about. And you've started to mention uh, you've taken some steps, some things you've accomplished. Can you give me the bullet points of those things you've done in a little bit of detail? 
it's been a continuous improvement process, and we've improved each step of the way, but we're not completely there yet. But I think the biggest thing that we did was the adoption of a publication on the procedures for verification of software tools. And what it contained was a series of tests that a software program had to go through and pass a certain boundary in order to be accredited by us. The first one was the HERS method test, which is basically verifies whether the software tools can accurately calculate the HERS index score. The second one was the NC-ASHRAE standard 140 test, which is the international standard for testing the comparison of different modeling programs, how they calculate loads. And that was developed by the National Renewable Energy Laboratory and now is an ASHRAE-ANSI standard. And then we have a series of tests that measures how robustly and within bounds does a different software considering changes in the HVAC system, changes in the duct distribution systems, and changes in hot water. This created a boundary at least then that on terms of calculation of loads and robustness of the system, we were able to improve that. The next step was we also found out, though, that there was amount of freedom given to raters in inputting data. And so we put some limits on which the raters can go. The first one we looked at where we found the greatest differences among the software tools was dealing with whole house ventilation systems. We then tied in the boundaries that software programs can use for giving credit and calculating whole house ventilation. And then we also incorporated bound checks in the software to limit or warn HERS raters when input values being put in seem beyond reasonable limits, even up to including a blockage if it is just physically not possible to have those kind of efficiencies. And then the other important fact is that we had flags up in the software programs to the providers and quality assurance designees on internal inconsistencies that the software is putting in before it's entered into the registry to give them a chance to look at it because there may be some legitimate reasons for it, but it also just is a flag for them to investigate. And then finally, the most important one is that we adopted the ResNet ICC ANSI standard 301, which went into much greater, which an ANSI standard into a much greater detail in how you calculate an energy rating index score. And that since has been adopted by the International Energy Conservation Code as for the 2018 International Energy Conservation Code. You've issued these sort of guidelines, parameters, bounds, as you say, to work within to test the software. Actually, how many software vendors are there? We currently have four certified programs. Okay, four certified programs. And are you giving them some type of leeway to adopt? And how do they communicate that they've made the changes? Or is it self-test? How does this work? How it works is that we set the parameters of a test. It is self-testing, but we have a spreadsheet that you cannot change where they put their values in, and then the spreadsheet then grades whether they fit within the boundaries or not. In addition, while it's self-testing, anyone can challenge the results of those tests. And if it is challenged, they get the ability of the operable systems they use for the testing and able to independently run those tests themselves. So in essence, it's basically a self-testing using our protocols and our sealed scoring sheet, but also then puts transparency if someone wants to challenge the validity of the test results. And what's been the reaction from the software vendors? They pretty much all have agreed to it. And we've been seeing that these steps have indeed make the outliers rarer, 
but we're still not where we are. There's still differences. I have to say the credit to the software developers that are accredited by us. They are in a collaborative process. They feel what's good for one is good for all. And so they've been very active in working with each other, trying to up the game in terms of consistency. And this is what made this process so much improved because instead of being a battleground in which everyone vies for any market compatibility, it's been a collaborative process for everyone saying, how can we address these inconsistencies? And then once we do a new test, we provide a transition period in which software programs can then make the changes, test it, and let their clients know the changes. Is there a deadline date for all to have adopted at least the level of changes you've sort of prescribed or or talked about here so far? The ones we described have all been in effect now for several years. Right, that's important to draw out. And then it sounds like you're still in a process. How far along would you say to your goal you are? I know it's hard to say, but how far till you think this will be done you won't be worrying about this anymore? It's going to be a process. And the interesting things when you see that is once you make one improvement, the differences become smaller. But once you address those differences, then the smaller ones become bigger. And so it's a continuous process. So I will talk a little bit later about the potential end game of this. But I think there's going to have to be some variability that would be accepted because it's just the differences. But it is going to be a process. I honestly, at this juncture, don't know what the end date is. But I think that our goal is to make it such where it's kind of close enough. Because the interesting thing with modeling is there is no truth. There is no right answer. The only thing you can strive for is really is consistency in calculations. That is one of the difficulties of modeling. But I think if you can get more and more consistent and you get a percentage point with each other, then you've met the goals. But again, we're not there yet. We've did after the implementation of our ANSI standard 301, find out that there's still differences. Some of them are a little bit significant. What we did find out with 301, with the clarity, that into itself made a big difference in terms of the consistency. But there are still areas of improvement, such as the way that the various software programs handles the overall efficiency of Windows systems. What we've done is that the resident board of directors has looked at this and come up with a series of steps that we are implementing in 2018, again, with that goal of getting source closer source. So these steps, can you describe them to us? Yeah, the first one is, and this makes so much sense that it's kind of going, why didn't we do this in the first place? But it's development of a building input common schema that all software programs can use to feed into the calculation engine. And that consistency of that input variables coming in consistently by and to itself is going to make it much more consistent. The second one, which I think is the most important, is that we established a process for a continuous improvement uh, software collaborative modeling process. In other words, over time, as people have complaints about differences or we discover differences, we use this collaborative model into addressing these issues and coming up with solutions to it. And the big step of that is the formation, and it's a standing committee of the ResNet board that shows the importance of this. It reports directly to the board, but it's a software consistency committee that's going to be composed of subject matter experts and then representatives of all the software programs. And this will allow ResNet then to improve the consistencies over time among the software programs and then incorporate these enhancements into our accreditation process. 
And again, this whole process is intended to be a continuous ongoing process to improve it. And in order to provide the technical expertise to staff this committee, ResNet next month will be going out for a recruiting of what we call a ResNet Energy Modeling Director, who will basically be the, if you will, the referee and the facilitator for this continuation process. Our goal is through these various steps that we're undertaking this year is to be able to take a step at a time, resolve inconsistencies or resolve complaints about inconsistencies, and then be able to step to the next level. And again, as I mentioned before, this is an ongoing process. This is not an an event. We'll have events to make changes, but as we go forward, we'll find more inconsistencies. But this will at least provide a collaborative process that's been established that is ongoing that can address these differences. And then actually having someone on staff who is an energy modeler can also then have the expertise to guide this process. Maybe people are used to it as consumers. A lot of products today come out and they evolve. They evolve very rapidly. And it sounds like you have that attribute built into your system and they evolve and the evolution comes with the objective of creating higher quality. Yes. Just going back to a term, you use the word input common schema. So I want to make sure people who are listening understand that didn't gloss over that part. Can you break that down? Just what does it look like? It's sort of a black box, if you will. A common schema would be a file format with a standardized set of building input fields that facilitates the exchange of data between the software tools and then the registry that we maintain. What would happen is, if you will, it'd be a consistent pipeline in which this data has to fit within in order to be fed to the registry. And having that consistent flow from all the softwares, then tends to make it more consistent in the calculation of scores. So it's sort of a common language between the systems. Exactly. Allows them to communicate well. There's less amount of arbitrary information going through the system. And they're all using the same pipeline, which is a big significant improvement. How would you define the pipeline? These are all the software vendors are using the same pipeline. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and the pipeline is what they call the schema, which is a set of algorithms that is a protocol, if you will, that does the same in order to feed the data through the pipeline. That information has to be in a consistent format. I'm not a modeler, but it's all virtual, if you will. We're talking about software, so it does have to get technical like this, and we do have to allow the machines to communicate in this way. How about from the Raider and the QAD standpoint, what have the responses been so far as you've gone through the system of improvements over the last few years? I think the fact is that overall, there's a buy-in to this because everyone realizes that our credibility suffers if you get different scores using different tools, and no one wants to create an environment where you game the system by using a software tool, and that their clients will be more comfortable if they know it's consistent. There is still frustration is that we're not there yet. And of course, some people are a little upset because with consistency, you have changes, When you have consistency, there's already some winners and some losers. Some software now have easier to get scores. Some software now are harder to get scores. So that's always uh, frustrating in a process. But I think most of the industry and our stakeholders understand over the long view, this consistency is critical to maintain the credibility of the industry. Right. It's a necessary attribute to be able to reflect on this, improve the quality and feedback. Do you have like a public perspective on this to the consumer or maybe the appraiser or the builder? How are you communicating this 
aspect of that to them because it is so important. It's really, it's at the core of what you do. I mean, it's the rating, right? Yes. And we have taken the time with all our stakeholders to explain this process. And this is one of the values of this podcast. So they know that we are aware of it and we're addressing it and the steps we're taking. And so by and large, it's a process. And when, of course, when we do a change and everyone has to change, we do a transition period, but we do outreach to builders, to raiders, to appraisers, to code officials, to utilities. What do these changes are and why we did it? The real point, I think, is the most frustration is kind of that first question that you ask. When is this going to end? Because after a while, you're going to say, well, these incremental steps are nice, but when is the end game taking place? And one of the things that we've come up as the Resnet George has come up is that the idea is we'll take these interim steps that so when they're fully implemented, it will lead to a greater consistency over the next year. But if we're finding out that these processes are not moving in a timely manner and it's not addressing, then we have the final decision that would be an end date. And that would be the idea of requiring raters only to use a single engine. And that would is the way you would ensure consistency because there's only one calculated method of doing that. That's, at least to me, not the preferable way because, again, if you set a single engine, it becomes more bureaucratic, slower to change because it's all affected. And also, it, I think the problem is that it kind of prohibits as much innovation because everyone has the same single tool. And when you have a single tool and there's no competition, things tend to move slower. But if we can't get that accuracy everyone's looking at, the board has voted to say that we will look towards going to a single engine. So this is not going to go on forever. If we see in the next year or two of this collaborative process not making significant changes, we are prepared then to go to the ultimate tool, which is doing that. There's plus and minuses of that, and there's definitely cost of that. But I still think overall it's worth this little extra effort going through this process because, again, I truly believe that an open market where entities can compete with another and then having the abilities to innovate is important. That would be like, for instance, if the federal government says, we're tired of all these different systems for cell phones. We're just going to come up with a single cell phone platform and everyone has to have it. National network, yeah, right. Or, which actually this would be good, and this is something I would advocate, if we could just have the same power plug for all instruments would be good. <laughs> yeah, right. But the main thing is, if the, we did that, the, going back to the cell phones, one single network, it would be consistent, but it has its, clearly its drawbacks of doing that. And I truly believe that competition is good, but we're going to give this a try, and we'll see how fast these things are going. And then through this collaborative committee that, I mean, this uh, consistency committee that I talked about, I think we're going to finally define what is accuracy, what is acceptable, plus or minus what score points that we can use. So this is an ongoing story, but we're seeing improvements made. We're constantly making more improvements, but we're not there. And our hope is that this collaborative process will address those issues, but recognizing if it doesn't, we have to take a larger step. It's not going to be the never-ending story, but it is an ongoing story. Yeah. And that the key term is continuous improvement. Yes. And I think the other term, which, which I've absorbed from this conversation, is it's collaborative competition, if you will, in a sense that you have many brains thinking about the issue. And even if it doesn't result, you're going to have gone through so many iterations and tests and analysis of it that no matter what comes out, it's going to be better because you have so many different interested parties thinking about it. 
That's true, Bill. And the other thing we found out to date is that these tests have been helpful to the software because they found little glitches they probably wouldn't have found without going through this exercise. So we've seen a vast internal improvements just because they have a platform by which to use their tools. And I think that's the key significant about this, that it's going to be collaborative. People are working together, not one power dominant, but we're also going to have a third party referee to make sure things are even kill and it's a level playing field. And that referee will be the energy modeling director? That's correct. Okay. We've covered a lot of ground here. If anyone wants to go back and learn more about this, what's the best way to find out what the status is or perhaps to ask a question? I think the best way to go is our help desk, which is info at resnet.us. And how feel free people to ask any questions. There's no stupid question. What I'd like to do, Bill, is as we make these improvements, continue podcast down the road, addressing these improvements as we go forward. It makes a lot of sense. I hope people that are listening are engaging, thinking about this, uh, getting involved in understanding, perhaps helping them deal with the frustrations that I'm sure can be out there. That's a good thing in your standpoint, that your resonance standpoint, that you want to communicate with people. That's essential. Yeah, the issue is we hear you. We know what's going on. We're taking steps to address it. And if these steps don't work, we're prepared to take a larger step. Anything else you want to cover here today, Steve? I think this is the main one. It's kind of the complicated one. It's the kind of the one that's tough, but I can't stress how critically it is important. So even if you don't are that interested in modeling, it's well worth paying attention to because we have to have consistency in scores. We don't want to get different scores using different software programs. And the main thing is have patience. We have a process we're in developing. Let's give it a chance. Perfect. On that note, we'll wrap things up here. Appreciate you coming on, and I'm sure we'll be talking about this and many other topics in future podcasts. It's always my pleasure. Thank you, Steve. Take care, everyone. Please come back and listen again to the ResTalk podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the ResTalk podcast. The goal of the ResTalk podcast is to communicate some late-breaking news and thoughtful insights into the broad array of topics that are going on in the residential energy rating industry. ResNet community wants to let you know they hear you and they want to engage. So that's what we're doing here in this podcast is engaging you. This is your host, Bill Spohn, and I hope you enjoyed what you listened to here today with regard to enhancing the quality of the software ratings from the ResNet systems. If you're a pro in the building market, you should surf on over to resnet.us slash professional and join the email list or learn more about the systems and procedures and different aspects we're talking about here today. If you're a consumer, you should look at the resnet.us website to learn more about what a home energy rating can do for you as a consumer. I'd like to end here with a quote today. We're talking about improvement. So this quote comes from Benjamin Franklin. Without continual growth and progress, such words as improvement, achievement, and success have no meaning. Thank you again for listening. If you haven't subscribed, please do so, so you can always keep up on what we have to say here at the ResTalk Podcast by ResNet. Thanks for listening to the ResTalk Podcast. This podcast is hosted by Bill Spohn, produced by Brian Orr, and is a production of ResNet, the Residential Energy Services Network. The best way to listen to this podcast is to subscribe on an iPhone using the podcast app or on an Android device by downloading the Stitcher app and searching for ResTalk. If you are willing, a review on iTunes of the podcast app will help others find the show and would be very much appreciated. We look forward to talking again soon on ResTalk. Talk.